All right, Connor, another week in the books. Yep. We'll have a lot of fun editing this one. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. So if you guys you guys will miss this where Connor and I almost broke up mid-podcast here. <laughs> we almost threw it all away. So just know uh, we, we'll decide what we want to leave in and what we don't want to leave in. And it had nothing to do with Connor's relationships. It was uh, – Do you want to make up on air? Uh, Connor, great show. It was an awesome show. All right. Great show. Oh, Hank, last one. You've got to share the fan feedback, the happy birthday shout out you got. From who? Oh, from from Tab Singh online, where he said, "Did uh, yeah, I'll have to look. About to leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. What about this? This call is being recorded. Fans, we are back for another edition of The Roundup, catching up on the weekly headlines and results from the professional tour and college squash. We're back, Bill. But you were traveling. Hey, Connor. I was in, uh, I went away to uh, Sarasota, Florida for the first time ever for my birthday. We flew out on uh, on Friday um, and came home yesterday. So a quick turnaround, a quick jaunt down to Florida, missed the Northeast freeze, uh, where I guess it was... Uh, like minus 20 degrees wind chill and people were uh were freaking it was out. cold uh, it was and, cold uh, missed that it was nice down there that's perfect. awesome well i know you enjoy your food was there any culinary highlights i'll tell you what no the biggest culinary highlight was believe it or not the uh there, there's a new um a new beach shack at the beach it's called lido key or lido beach i'm not sure there's so so many weird little islands and keys down on the west coast of florida that i'm unfamiliar with because it was only like i think my second trip ever to the west coast we went to lido beach because it was the closest to where we were staying and they had a snack bar there and you know snack bar food at a beach is usually crap right uh they made they were making like high-end cocktails there I had a Cuban sandwich there, which was like off the charts. I was watching other like other food come out off this. And I was like, this is like the best beach shack ever. They had like four cooks back there. It was just a seamless, seamless, uh, seamless operation. A yeah, burger? So it was awesome. I Any mean, good burger? On uh, I did not have the burger. I had the Cuban sandwich um, and a bunch of uh, chips and they made their own tortilla chips there. I'm, su- um, I'm surprised you didn't, it, add, I'm we surprised you didn't we ask there. anyone, you know, peeking over. Yeah, can I have a bite? Can I have a bite have a bite <laughs> put, put it this way in florida I, I, florida is full of odd you, characters man there you fit right in people down there for sure and I, I i would i would i would have fit right in for sure i would have fit right in for sure but uh yeah it was awesome we were on the beach on saturday from uh, like nine o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night so it was like a full a full-time beach day so it was perfect went in the water it's like 66 degrees very invigorating so it was great um Flights back and forth to home and there were perfect. So you normally do like a culinary celebration, like going out for a good steak or something. So what? We did. We we, we went to uh, on Saturday. So we um my my uh, a former colleague of my wife lives full time in Sar- well full time in the winter in Sarasota, and he has like a really nice place like overlooking the bay, like in this in this big balcony. So we he cooked us dinner. He's a really good cook, so he cooked us like a full Italian dinner with um you know ziti with his homemade gravy and um chicken milanese and really high-end bottles of wine we smoked cigars out on his balcony so that was uh the friday night that we arrived so that was a home run saturday we uh we made a reservation at a at a we don't know anything about the place so we made a reservation at one of the places that said it was casual because sarasota is pretty upscale people like to get dressed up there and this i don't really have any clothes good clothes so i can't get dressed just up fresh no clothes. where i go so um just fresh clothes, exactly. I mean, I have my MC outfits, and like those are after each event, those are put away, like dry cleaned and put away, waiting for the next call from a, a tournament promoter. By the way, tournament promoters, you're listening out there. I am available, by the way. So, just FYI. Um, but yes, we went to a place called Boca, which uh, looked cool. Pictures looked cool. The food was god awful. It was like awful, awful. 
like literally one of the worst restaurant experiences ever. Um, service wasn't great. The food was terrible and it was expensive as can be. So, um, but as, as one for two, as I've improved as being a chef uh, or enjoying cooking, I mean, it really is frustrating when you go out and you're like, if you can cook it better than they can, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, the dinner that, uh, that my wife's former uh, colleague cooked for us on Friday night was as good as a restaurant dinner yeah. as you could get. It was just, he served it in courses, paired it with wine. It was like, you know, I almost wanted to call him like the next day and say, hey, uh, so last night was good. Do you want to do it again? Instead of us having to go out and drop 200 bucks on a crappy dinner. But yeah. all good. Um, all good. So 60 years old, it's in the window. Looking forward to uh, 70. 10 years from now, I'll be 70. So Any decade-long goals on the horizon for you? Yeah, I just want to live. I just want to make sure I make it to 70, you know? Once you hit 60, every day's <laughs> no, no, no day is... <laughs> I hate to say it, but yeah, no day no day is promised. Yeah, just don't want to get run over. I mean, I almost got run over by like seven cars in Florida. People do not know how to drive there, and they put roundabouts in in Sarasota, like new roundabouts, and the new drivers are getting used to it. And the... <laughs> It's just a, it's may, absolute mayhem. So almost got killed like two or three times down there. So yeah. Um, but yeah, just make it to 70. No other. No. As you know me, Connor, I don't have any a lot of uh, long range plans. Oh, let me let me ask you just to make it sound like like I'm interested um, in your life. At all. How was your weekend, Connor? You know, this is a busy period of my life with just juggling a lot. <laughs> so my focus outside of the work, which is uh, a lot and consuming, there's a golf simulator at the club. And so I'm really just trying to get, you know, five minutes of swing in each day. And I, I, I get some tips from a guy that we're looking to potentially hire for a golf instruction. And he add 20 yards to my swing on a simulator. On a simulator. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. I never trust those. Well, things. I mean, it's at least whether it's right or wrong, it was distinctly 20 extra yards. So you're using right, the same right. calculation looking yeah. to do that. I'm still recovering from injuries. So just boring maintenance of keeping that up and pushups, et cetera. And we're going to have a busy, uh, PSA will be coming here in a couple of weeks. So getting ready for that. And I, I know we're not allowed to talk about this. How's your dating life going? I, we could beep all this out. Are we, are we allowed to talk I, about you know, this yet? I, I'm no? going to talk about it, but it's, it's, you know, it's not yet. Not yet. Okay. It's not, not yet. What? I'm going to let some stories marinate. How about that? People are Speaking of cooking. A lot of people are interested in your dating life. That's all I'm saying. I think saying. it was just, Mo just you. Mostly yeah, me. I think it was just you. Mostly me. Mostly me. I feel I've been there through, through all of your ups and downs. Remember your original girlfriend in New York? Well, there, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? The one we had to sneak into her apartment and move your stuff Yeah, up? there's that. And then also, I made... <laughs> I made. <laughs> See, can we talk about that? It was like 15 years ago. Can we at least talk about that? And you're, you're, uh, can we uh, say that you guys did not get married and you're not yeah, together? Of course. I mean, yeah. It didn't happen. It didn't work no, out. No, it didn't work out. But anyway, <laughs> that was a long time ago. So I want to talk about the girl we had to sneak into the apartment, yeah, though. Well, that can all be part of the, the dating series. Um, all right, let's let's go through what's on the docket. Uh, we we okay. have uh, we're going to talk about Asal, who I was just saying before this is kind of like the Elon Musk of the squash world. Uh, hard not to talk about him. Action going on in Cleveland and Detroit. Going to get into that quick college roundup. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's funny with Asal. I mean, with the tournaments going on, Asal's not. I don't see where Asal's even scheduled to play in a tournament till Black Ball in March. Um, so he's still, even though he's not participating any longer, um, he uh, he is still dominating the news. I actually looked at the because there were heavy rumors uh, of a um, that he was going to join his father in PSA exile um, and, and not be allowed to play for a couple of months. But I look at the PSA on their website, their disciplinary report from November till uh, January, and there was no no mention of Mustafa Asal. 
So um, it looks like the suspension that was uh, rumored is not a thing that's really going to happen. Uh, any any word on your end on that? No, I, I, I don't know uh, much beyond what's what's kind of out there. Yeah, kind of it kind of you know I do think that one of the things that would be helpful for the tour to do is just be a little bit faster on these actions and um, you know because otherwise it allows for not conspiracy theories, but for for it to be drawn out unnecessarily. Right, right, ex- exactly. So, um, I- interesting. So, no assault suspension. Uh, and again, I was looking at the PSA website about their, the disciplinary uh, actions they've taken since November through through January, and nothing on him. But it's funny. The um, and, and we're talking about like the PSA being more open about this. And maybe if I, I could go look in their articles of conduct, because one of the ones that was um, stood out to me was during the U.S. Open uh, this past October, and it was the highest fine. Um, that was given out by the PSA since, since, uh, November, um, Tayeb Aslam of Pakistan, his offense was breach of PSA code, uh, conduct article number four subset E called best efforts. And he was, he was fined $500 for that, mm. which is a lot of money, right? For a squash. Yeah, I'd say so. What do you think that is? What do you think best efforts is? Do you think like he didn't give effort during his Yeah, marriage? I think there was, um, I don't know specifically, um, so I'd have to go look it up, but there there is a rule that every match you want the player putting forth their best effort. So you don't want them tanking. Mm-hmm. This was happening mm-hmm. back in the day where some people would get to the finals and or semifinals and just tank. Okay. Yeah. All right. The only, the only other pe- per- person who jumps out, there's a couple of, a bunch of one-offs and, and whatnot is uh, <laughs> Bernard Jaume of Spain uh, w- was disciplined twice. We don't, we don't, you know, it just, just goes to show, I guess if, if it was uh, Mustafa, we'd be hearing all about this, but since nobody really knows who Bernard Jaume of Spain is, uh, nobody cares that he was fined $200 um, for so- a social media code violation. Mm-hmm which I'm guessing means he tweeted something negatively about refereeing. Um, but I couldn't find Bernard Jaume on social media, so I couldn't, um, <laughs> I couldn't uh, confirm that. And he also had an audible obscenity at the, at the Egyptian Open yeah. so, uh, and was fined 250 bucks. Yeah. So tough, tough stretch for <clears throat> Bernard Jaume, uh, who, whoever you may be. Yeah. Spain's star, Bernard Jaume. So quickly going back to Assal, he was back in the headlines, obviously doing <laughs> what? <laughs> You don't you don't care about the the PSA disciplinary uh, report, Connor? Is that what you're telling me? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, right. wasn't on the docket. Hey, 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 Connor. Hey, Connor. Um, I would say, can I? Is it possible that I could find you for not giving your best effort during these podcasts at, at a game? like like just like now, for example? Yeah. What can I find you for going off script? Okay, <laughs> you can do that. What's new? What's new? Okay, Mustafa Saul. I'm ready. Let's talk to Mustafa, number one player in the world. Mustafa. Yeah. Saul. So he's been sort of quote making the squash rounds of you know he's number one player in the world, um, doing the coverage there and two uh, interviews, one on the PSA World Tour uh, on YouTube, which was kind of interesting, just a seven minute wrap up and then also Squash Mad. So, you know, he really touches on, uh, even though it was a pretty short interview, he touches on a lot of things, just how um, people that hate are hating him on social media. He's trying to use that as fuel. I think you have to say that given the circumstances, like what else are you going to do? But um, um, he was saying that, you know, uh, he's kind of throwing shade at uh Marwan El Shabagi, but then giving oh. a lot of love to 
Muhammad El Shabagi as his idol. So it's interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see him get invited to like the, an Al Shabagi Thanksgiving and just see like like whose side of the table he sits on and like who speaks to him, what relatives speak to him. I mean, he basically called Morrow and Al Shabagi a cheater and said that Muhammad Shabagi faked his injury in Houston. Uh, and uh, well, so did and he so thought it was. Bill. So it was so so did I. Sure. Well, I, I was there and I, I well, although he was hit in the groin, um, I think his he, he overacted a little bit. Um, but yes, I think uh, I think we all know at this point that Marwan Al Shrabagi was not as severely injured uh, um, based on his his run to the uh, to, to the to the TOC finals sure. uh, might, might have proven that. But otherwise, the thing about Ma, uh, about watching these various interviews on various platforms for Mustafa Saul is his back and forth on the players um, and people, the haters getting on him, making him in one platform, he'll say they make him stronger, make him want to win and keep, keep coming at me because it just makes me more focused. And this is good for the sport. And I don't mind. This is fuel. And then on other ones, he's like, you know, I have to take a step away from the game. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background. All of this, uh, all this noise around me is really making me depressed and I can't focus on my game. So, I'm, it's one or the other, Mustafa. Either it fuels you. I understand you're just a kid, and it's probably all very confusing to you because <laughs> it's confusing to us. But you either have to make up your mind: either it fuels you and bring it on, or hey, guys, I'm just a kid trying my best here. Everybody, back off. It's got to be one, to me. It's got to be one or the I other. I think it's both. Well, it's, yeah, obviously it's, it's both. It's true. I, it's both. I think it just kind of depends on how much he can, you know, uh, tolerate. Um, what? Well, but the other thing he was alluding to was also like quote the troubles behind the scenes which um what what does that mean i mean i think it's just to the point that not everything is as transparent and that there's other stories going on and so and i understand that but i'm getting a little tired of the hey there's things that we can't talk about and i'll talk about it later i mean we did it the the whole marwan el shabagi squash mad scoop in which he laid out absolutely nothing it said oh can't talk about it now we'll talk about it later well it is later right i mean that's that happened in january it's now february so can we talk about it i mean is i mean you guys want to spark interest in the sport and asal keeps professing that he's sparking interest in the sport so let's give us some details yeah let's find out like what is, what is all the stuff behind the scenes yeah because I, I mean you would think we would know right yeah i think i think you've brought this up in another podcast before is that there's no journalistic pool. There's no one really tracking this down. There's no one squash mad. No, I, squash mad. They're hundred percent doing it to the best that they can, but it's also, you know, it's just, it, I don't know. It's just not happening. I, I also like he, uh, he, he, uh, uh, Victor Cruen threw a lot of shade at him and he threw a lot of shade right back at Victor Cruen, basically saying Victor Cruen is jealous of his. Success. Yeah. Which, is um my take on that is absolutely not i think victor um maybe there is an ounce of jealousy of course like you're world number one you're doing this but in general no i mean i think he's just trying to call it calling it how it is yeah i think he was also uh, i guess victor may have called him out I, it's hard to follow the, uh, the, the, the like when when certain things happen uh victor called him out for not um taking marwan's injury injury in air quotes so seriously and then Asal called him out for not coming to check on him when he had a withdraw from the uh, toc giving uh victor his win uh, at the toc over uh, and he said that victor didn't show any concern for his health that caused lucas serm out of nowhere out of the clouds to come down we haven't heard from lucas serm since uh since the u.s open headshot uh and lucas serm uh said uh said hey before you throw shade at victor crew and how about you you ask me how i'm doing after you hit me in the head and i think his quote said and put me in the hospital yeah 
<laughs> and of course, a South shot right back at him and said, "Hey, bro, check your uh, check your messages from your your coach and uh, check your Facebook because uh, on October 10th, I asked how you were doing and I said I'm sorry. And uh, before you come uh, <laughs> come at me about not uh, not not checking up on your health, check check and make sure that you have all the receipts, which obviously Lucas Sturm did not. But uh, good good to hear, good to hear from Lucas Sturm. Good to hear that he's oh also." Marwan saying, "Hey, you seem to be okay enough after I knocked you into the hospital to play in a ma- a, a league match four or five days later." <laughs> so they're basically throwing shade both at Marwan and at Lucas Sturm, saying maybe their injuries weren't as severe, and maybe both of them were milking them uh, to try to uh, <laughs> to try to like uh, continue the assault uh, <laughs> the assault storyline that he's dangerous for dangerous for the sport. So yeah. it's a uh, the soap the soap opera continues basically. Yeah. And by the by the way, Lucas Sturm. And Gregoire Marsh, neither one playing in the um, French Nationals. Mm. Uh, so uh, if you if you look at the draws for the French Nationals, uh, it looked like a I, I don't even want to say a JCT. It probably looked like a, like maybe a like a, a bronze a bronze or a silver event uh, like taking place down in Atlanta and uh, on a random fall day. <laughs> Pretty weak draws, is all I'm saying. But congratulations, Victor Cruin, on your victory. So um, onward to uh, the tournaments that did take take place. Let's jump to the. Uh, the, the Cleveland Classic, um, uh, a comeback uh, of sorts from uh, last year's Wonder Kid, uh, Georgina Kennedy, uh, who has been um, uh, took a little time off from the tour at the end of 22 uh, for health reasons, uh, came back. She was the eighth seed in, in Cleveland and came back and uh, beat uh, Olivia uh, Klein in the final. A great run by Olivia, who had a fantastic semifinal win over Olivia Fichter. Um, uh, a really, really exciting match where I think Olivia saved uh, Olivia Klein saved six game balls in the third to win 14, 12 in the third in 41 minutes to go on to the finals against Gina Kennedy uh, and ended up beating Olivia uh, Klein in uh, in four tough games in the, in the fourth. So a good run by Olivia Klein. Looks like she's playing some of her best squash. She had a really good showing against Amanda Sobey at the TOC and now has made a, a solid finals run at a uh, at an, a. a big a 75k event in cleveland so congratulations to her um the star of the uh, of the tournament though was uh, our girl tomato ho tomato ho after uh, uh after the name change her probably her best tomato ho performance of her career i would say beating ramadan in the first round and then upsetting sarah jane perry uh in the second and then beating tesney evans to make a run to the semifinals um before she ran into a before she ran into gina kennedy so shout out tomato ho yeah, I mean, Cleveland was, um, I mean, it's great to see the women's event uh, getting such highlight like this. And I, I really love Georgina's performance. That helped, This actually helped her crack back into the top 10. And Olivia, with her performance, jumping up three spots back into the top 20. So Also, Olivia Fichter lost to Olivia Klein, obviously. But before that, Fichter beat the number one seed, Joelle King, mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a really tough match. That's a really good five-game match. Uh, came back 11-7 in the fifth in 52 minutes. So coming up on the women's side, the women move on to Detroit. So the um, the men were just in Detroit, and we'll talk about afterwards. But the upcoming this week is the um, the Detroit Athletic Club Classic. Gina Kennedy back again as the number eight seed. So second tournament in a row, she's the number eight seed. And the field's very similar, uh, except now because of injuries, because Norel Tayeb dropped out with a heel injury, and um, Amanda Sobey obviously is out. She, I, she wasn't planning on playing this event anyways, I don't believe. But either way, the, the draw kind of opens up for Gina Kennedy to have another, you know, we're looking at Gina Kennedy 2019, 2020, where she's just running through these tournaments, but now they're on the high level. It's not the, uh, it's not the challenger tour any longer for her. Right. 
So so good so good on her. And no uh, tomato hoe just just for you big tomato hoe fans uh, taking the week off, little kicking kicking back kicking back in Cleveland with her with her uh, with her semifinal money and maybe just maybe throwing throwing some uh, some hoe money around. Uh, nice <laughs> some hoe money around Cleveland. Thank nice. you. Nice. <laughs> uh, Motor City, uh, the men's tournament uh, tournament, another um, tour de force for Diego Aliash. I mean. He may not be the number one player in the world right now, but he is certainly playing like the number one player in the world right now. He is rolling through these tournaments. A, a great field there, and he is just plowing through there, taking on another great tournament. He, I mean, he's totally in form, and you can see how quickly um, you can bounce back and rise to the top, you know? I mean, what what a draw. He, he, had, he beat Mazen Hesham in, in the final uh, pretty convincingly, four-gamer. But uh, second round, he had to play the wild card. Typically, the wild card at these tournaments uh, is, you know, a junior, maybe a junior who's from the area, maybe, a, you know, a local pro at a club in the area who used to play on the PSA. Mohamed Abulgar, former world number 11, was the wild card. So Elias had to play him in the second round. And they went 52 minutes, uh, 11, nine in the, uh, in, in the, uh, in the fourth. So not, not an easy path to the final at all. The match of the final is, um, number one seed, Paul call lost to, uh, Dasuki in, in five after being up, uh, after being up two games to love lost 11, nine in 74 minutes in a match that was, if it was a platinum event would have been talked about and more people watched it on the stream. Cause as we know, some of these streams are difficult to watch before you get to the final rounds on squash TV of these events that uh, don't have the full squash TV package, just a referee nightmare, just arguing every point, Dasuki arguing every point and then call in the end, melting down and arguing every point, including the last, uh, the last non, uh, non stroke call. Um, did he, uh, did he, uh, or last stroke call that they called against, Desu- uh, against him and gave Dasuki the match, but, uh, a good win 74 minutes for Dasuki. Um, uh, and then Dasuki obviously had nothing left and he, he lost to Hesham in like 20 minutes in the, in the, uh, in the semis, but, uh, a, uh, very good ma- uh, tournament again. Um, Diego beat uh, Greg Marsh, beat Moman, beat Hesham, uh, to win, to win, uh, to win in, uh, in Detroit. So a, a nice win for cons- right now. I've got to say he's the best player in the world. He's right? most on form for sure. Yeah. You know, and and to touch on the um, the refereeing, I think it also highlights that these top players who are used to the full squash TV kit, you get video review, you know, you uh, you're probably getting the higher level caliber uh refs at those matches and so it shows the frustration will come out. True. No, very 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 true. Uh, and and also very solid trophy in Detroit. Kind of look like the US Open trophy. So really really classy looking trophy. Plus they got watches, Longines watches, Connor. So doing my research, I, I wish I had done more research about what the actual squash, but instead I went online and saw what a, your typical Longines watch costs. So both Mazin and Diego got watches as part of their uh as part of their uh, trophy. Longines watches are like a K, like a grand for, for a, a good Longines watch. Well, that's, um, so it, it, for a long time, it was sponsored by Rolex. And so the, uh-huh. oh, yeah, really? So the winners, used to get, it was like a 10 or 15K Rolex they used to get. Get out. Both of, uh, really? Because they think, gave one no, to was, both the winners. It used to be back just to the winner. So there's extra incentive on that. Um, wow. Yeah. That would be, I mean, the, both the, both the winner and the runner up both got watches according to the, uh, the, um, the picture that I saw anyways. Um, wow. A Rolex watch. That would be awesome. I mean, Georgina Kennedy, I mean, basically carrying around like a tin plate and these guys are getting like us open style trophies and watches. So I, I thought there was parody on the tour. I guess there's not, not there's not trophy parody yet. We know that. Mm-hmm. So we know that all too so. well. <laughs> so last, lastly, um, coming up in, um, in, uh, on the men's tour, it's Pittsburgh. 
And I have not seen, and I looked this morning to see, it does not look like Ali Farag has dropped out yet. He's still listed as the number one seed unless I miss something. He And this will be his first tournament back since the Grasshopper. He has entered every tournament um, really leading up to this, but has always dropped out the week of. And I do not see as of t- this morning, and this is early Monday morning we're recording this, Ali Farag is still listed as the number one seed in that tournament. So if that's the case, a really, really solid draw and a really good tournament. I mean, it would make sense that if he was looking to test his knee, this would be a really good testing ground for him. Yeah, by Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, the, the, the ground on Pittsburgh's a little softer. Yeah, exactly. Like, why? Why? Uh, why do you say no, that? No, just, I mean, the top athletes need to be ready for platinums. That's really what pushes the needle in terms of ranking points. So mm-hmm. this is just a lower-level prize money event where if you're getting back in, this is a good warm-up. Lastly, on the PSA Tour, I want to give a shout-out to Gregoire Marsh, who um, I'm sure that his his uh, his friends and family are missing him in, uh, in France because he has played since the new year. Houston, the TOC, Detroit, and he's playing Pittsburgh this week. So um, Gregoire, uh, Gregoire, not afraid to play every event in the United States. Uh, so either he, there's something he doesn't want to go home to or um, he's, he's just enjoying his time in the States, one or the other. I think there's where you are sometimes in your career. You just want to get as many matches under your belt and just keep going. Yeah. Gregoire maybe having relationship problems at home. Should we want to throw that out there? Is that possible? There's that scurrilous rumors being thrown out by the podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From half the podcast. From half the podcast, yeah. yes. Uh, lastly, uh, well, the CSA, the College Squash Association, um, it's kind of the season is winding down. Not this coming weekend, which is the weekend of the uh, 10th and the 11th, but the following weekend are the uh, the women's championships and the club championships down at um, down at, uh, down at UPenn, um, down in Pennsylvania. So this is kind of uh, the last couple of weeks wrapping up. This past weekend, we had a couple of conference championships uh Connor, uh, and I know that you you do follow the college game uh, very closely. So talk about the uh, the Liberty League. Well, I can't say I follow it too closely. I try and keep up. But yeah, the, uh, this past weekend was a Liberty League championship, uh, which Denison actually entered. This is their first season entering it, which is why it's kind of exciting to have them in. So in that league, it's Rochester, St. Lawrence, uh, Hobart, and William Smith, Denison, Vassar, and Bard. And... Um, Taking the finals on the men's side was uh, Rochester narrowly beating St. Lawrence in the fifth 12-10, so really close. But also in that was uh, a 5-4 victory um, that you know Ho- Hobart narrowly losing that put, could, would have put them in a contention for uh, for winning it. So huge uh, shout-out to what Pat Kosker's been doing there. And on the women's side, William Smith um, beating St. Lawrence handily 9-0. Great season for them. Yeah. I mean, just an incredible season for them. I think they're like, what are they, 13th or 14th in the mm-hmm. country right now, mm-hmm. which is really, really good. Also, the uh, the Mid-Atlantic, uh, the, um, <laughs> and uh, quite apropos considering this was the anniversary of um, of uh, the day the music died. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, the uh, the Holly Cup. Uh, not, I don't believe it's named after Buddy Holly, but but could it possibly be? You never know. You never know. So, uh, so uh, UVA won, won the, the the men's. Uh, they said they said that'd be the day that we lose the Holly Cup on the women's side. Um, the Gloria Gaynor Cup. Um, they they survived. Uh, Drexel survived beating UVA six to three. So a very musical uh, Mid Atlantic. Uh, mid-atlantic conference uh weekend uh um, leading up to the championship so not a lot of uh college squash upcoming next week the seeds are pretty much solidified for the championship so um and we will do a a preview uh we hope to get uh uh, david pullman back on before the women's championships in two weeks and uh and preview the women's championships uh which will happen uh, uh the weekend of the 17th so great 
Well, uh, just for uh, wrapping it up, um, I want to give a shout out to Denison and um, we were piloting a new program, um, trying to get more exposure for PSA players uh, on how they can earn, you know, extra revenue, uh, trying to connect them more to um, um, colleges and high schools. And so we're having Team USA members visit uh, Denison this week. Uh, that's Timmy Brownell and Spencer Lovejoy, who, Bill, get this, you and I have known them for at least 16 years. I know, I know. I can't believe they're old enough to drive. Never mind, go visit college. Just... Oh my gosh! But uh, so it's it's been fun working with them, and I, they're just you know uh, great ambassadors for the sport. Their passions off the charts, and I'm excited for them to share that. So so, so to, to explain a little bit more in detail uh, why we have a few minutes left. Like what the, what it, what what they're going there for, or what this residency program is. Yeah, I think right now is. You know, people are very used to seeing exhibitions. People are very used to either camps. And this is really more, I think, an opportunity like, hey, top touring professionals are going to visit your campus. You're going to get a chance to just see them train. They're going to walk you through what they do, right? So it's more of a um, having top athletes around there learning uh, through osmosis, being around each other, just asking those questions courtside, which is really when you get on the tour and you're there and you're kind of, there's no formality to it. There's no structure. So you're just ab absorbing by being part of those environments. That's trying to bridge the gap. And the way I kind of explain this is like, imagine team USA, uh, soccer players visiting your campus and you're just kind of talking to them. Like that's the equivalent that we're trying to bridge that gap. Right. So they're kind of passing on what they may have learned, like at a U.S. squash academy where they learned like a life on the tour, what it's going to be like and like how they need to train. And it's, you know, basically, as you described, there, there's no structure. You kind of get thrown into things. I mean, the U.S. players are lucky in a way, to, lucky in a big way that they have the uh, the training center and they do have a structure behind them. But a lot of uh, before that happened, you basically just joined the tour and you were kind of thrown out on your own. 100%. So I think the, uh, these, these guys are kind of paying it forward. The, uh, they're, they're kind of the lucky generation of us squash players. You know, the post Illingworth Gilly lane, us squash players who came in when the junior structure was certainly being raised to a, a the highest level ever for sure. And then the college game was just really becoming out of the wild, wild west era um, where, where, you know, People, I, I still don't know how, you know, when you think about it 20 years ago, like how scores were even being reported in the CSI. Brutal. Um, and then, uh, then they, now they get the, uh, the training center, the Arnold Spector training center, and they get that kind of, uh, structure, uh, thrown out. And so, uh, Timmy and Timmy and Spencer basically, uh, are, are two of the, two of the, uh, fortunate ones and, and, uh, nice to them to be, uh, uh, evangelists for for what's going on and to maybe pay it forward to kids out in the midwest at denison yeah. imagine imagine if a, a young a young connor was uh at denison a young impressionable connor was at denison when say a um trying to think of a pro a u.s pro from back then uh, Ju julian was is, is more your age group he's no not, he's below really me older than he's you. he's below oh he is he's younger yeah, he's than younger. you younger um give, give me who is who is like a, a high level touring pro from the u.s who could have come and talked in and maybe talk Connor out of staying in this. I know, world. right. And, at the you, time, you wouldn't be at the time it would have been like Mark Lewis. Um, I mean, around my era was, uh, I mean, t Tim White was two years older. Preston quick was two years older. Uh, there you go. Preston. Yeah. Preston could have been the one to come and talk to you and say, Connor runs. Don't, don't involve yourself and squash the rest of it. So actually it's only going to lead to disappointment. Timmy Wyatt, we kind of, you just reminded me, Timmy Wyatt kind of did this, uh, when he was on the tour, he came, Denison went to go visit him training and it was awesome. Right. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, interesting. So it was amazing to see him, you know, take that, that next step forward. Um,
But as you were talking, you also, I want to give, uh, you reminded me giving a shout out to Rich Wade and Adam Hamill, you know, who really part of the wave that we're seeing of these team athlete, uh, team USA athletes was part of the structures that they've helped, uh, put into place and build with the support of us squash. And, you know, they're more behind the scenes and of course, all of the other coaches, but you know, they're really laying that infrastructure. Yeah, they they were they were they were they were definitely uh, the, the the impetus behind a, a lot of this, and a lot of what they put down on paper is now being used by by others going forward. So so definitely a, a big shout out to those guys. Big shout out to the pyramid, uh, Rich Wade. Big shout out to the pyramid. <laughs> I like it. All right, all right, Connor. Another week in the books. Yep. We'll have a lot of fun editing this one. Yeah. All right, buddy. So if you guys you guys will miss this, where Connor and I almost broke up mid podcast here. <laughs> And we almost we almost threw it all away. So just know uh, we, we'll decide what we want to leave and what we don't want to leave in. And it had nothing to do with Connor's relationships. It was. Uh, do you want to make up on air, uh, Connor? Great show. It was an awesome show. All right, great show. Oh, Hank, last one. You've got to share the fan feedback. The happy bro you got from who? Oh, from from Tab Singh online, where he said, "Did uh, yeah, I'll have to look." Yeah, made me made me weep a little. Thanks, Tabs. By the way, Tab said. Happy birthday, Bill. Your SQR pod and accompanying banner with Connor PJ Attell is a highlight of my week. Keep up the witty sarcasms and just stay just as evil in your seventh decade. Seventh decade part hurt taps, by the way, but whatever. And then he gave a shout out to Tomato Ho winning because he knows Tomato Ho is one of my favorite players. Next to next to Wantanabe. Wantanabe. <laughs> MVP. MVP Wantanabe. MVP. All right, Connor, all this right. wouldn't be a mess, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to pull it all together. So hopefully when people listen to it, it will, it will make some sense to them. Cause... We'll make magic happen. Right. Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we have a quick ask. In an effort to help us grow, if you have a quick minute, please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested or leaving a rating on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of the team. Thanks so much and have a great day.